Welcome to the Missouri City View podcast hosted by the Missouri Municipal League. I'm Laura Holloway, your host for today. In this podcast, we share the latest news happening in Missouri local government and highlight the local officials and city employees who make Missouri municipalities a great place to live. Keep up with the latest information for Missouri cities and learn more about MML at MoCities.com. Now on to the podcast. In this episode of the MML City View podcast, we review the state of high-speed broadband access in Missouri and the developments that have happened over the past few months. Today, we will visit again with B.J. Tanksley, director of the Missouri Office of Broadband Development. B.J. joined us in June to share the challenges Missouri faces with broadband and planned solutions. We encourage you to revisit Episode 5 and learn more about how the Office of Broadband Development began. Today, Solutions are underway to increase this crucial access for Missourians. BJ will share an update along with Amy Vandeveld, Federal Program Officer for Missouri with the National Telecommunications and Information Administration. They will also share an important deadline coming up where you can reach out and help ensure your home, business, and community are covered. BJ and Amy, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. BJ, let's start with you today and learn more about where broadband currently stands in Missouri. How do we compare with surrounding states? Yeah. Um, again, thank you for having having me today. I'm thrilled to be back a part of this conversation. Um, Missouri is a state of need. Um, our office conducted a gap analysis of the state um, back in the spring of 22. And uh, the results of that were uh, about 140,000 locations without access to quality broadband. When you increase that to um, underserved people, it was even more than that. So uh, there's a lot of unserved people, probably not surprising to anyone listening to this this podcast that there are a lot of people with either poor service or no no service available to them at all at this point. Um, and the good news is um, we have the opportunity through what the state has already approved through ARPA funding and what's coming um, through the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act funding to really make a big change in that. So um, although there's a lot of need, uh, we have an incredible opportunity right around the corner uh, to really make a big change. So Missouri did receive ARPA funds dedicated for broadband, and your office is spearheading the best use of those. Tell us about that program, a little bit more about how it's progressing. Yeah, um, we are extremely excited. Uh, We're recording this early December. We are probably about two weeks from announcing those ARPA-funded broadband infrastructure awards. Um, Our office is working diligently to go through the challenge process. That means people applied for funds in project areas and incumbent providers could already could say, hey, we already have service there because we don't want to spend funds, um, you know, loosely uh, where there may already be service available. We want to make sure we're being diligent about where those funds go. Um, So we are just about to close up that process with hopes of announcing awards before the Christmas holiday. Uh, We're very excited about that. The governor pushed for and the legislature approved funding for $265 million in broadband infrastructure. This is by far the largest broadband investment the state has made. um, And we are excited to get that out the door. There was another piece of the ARPA funding that came to our office for a cell tower program to increase cellular coverage in areas that do not have that. We are just around the corner from releasing the draft guidelines for that program and getting that award going in the spring of 23. Um, so we're excited about that. Uh, but we, the, the broadband infrastructure program has uh, taken our attention and then we will turn to that one right around the corner. Wow, that's great information. We'll definitely be watching for that. Amy, you represent Missouri with the National Telecommunications and Information Administration. 
tell us about your experience working at the federal level and how your office serves Missouri cities. Sure. Um, So the National Telecommunications and Information Administration is part of the Department of Commerce and through the the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act or or IIJA, there's authorized funding to expand broadband throughout the nation. So what's happening in Missouri will be happening at every state. So there is a team of federal program officers that have been hired to do this work. And so my my purview is the state of Missouri. My job is to help bring as many federal funds as possible to the state by building relationships and working directly with the broadband office to know uh, all the places in Missouri that are underserved or unserved by broadband and to make sure that we can bring uh, internet to those areas um, in a compressed timeline. So this project, um, Internet for All, is really the equivalent of the Rural Electrification Act, um, trying to build broadband out to every broadband serviceable location in the United States. And so what we're worried about here is how to do that in the state of Missouri. And if we could stay on track and this project went the way it's been envisioned to go, we would be finished with that project by the end of 2027. So it's a very aggressive timeline and um, it is unprecedented funding and it's funding that's only going to come once in a generation. So we really want to make sure that we get this right and um, everything that our state broadband office and um, I are doing is in an effort to make sure that we can meet that timeline and connect all Missourians. So I know one of the things you guys have been doing that you took some time over the last month or so and traveled Missouri for listening sessions about the needs of communities. How did you structure that and what did you learn? Yeah, our office um, was excited. We just wrapped up, like you said, a 23-stop tour of the state of Missouri, uh, working with the regional planning commissions and the University of Missouri Extension office. Uh, So we had local contacts helping to arrange those and really went around the state and listened to people about the strengths and weaknesses on a regional basis of what we could do to help address both infrastructure investments to bring service as well as other non-infrastructure barriers to broadband adoption, whether that be affordability, um, uh, knowledge of how to take full advantage of connectivity, um, those kinds of things as well. So we were uh, had a great tour, uh, a lot of stops, um, and really um, individual conversations, learned about unique communities that live, uh, whether those be, uh, you know, religious-based communities, migrant worker communities, others that we need to make sure that we're aware of as we try to address the needs of all Missourians with this effort. Um, what did we learn? Obviously, it was not a surprise when we know there's a lot of people without service to hear that there's a lot of people that struggle with service. I will say from my office's perspective, it was um, energizing, I think is the best word for it, to hear from individual citizens that these people weren't just sitting and waiting for service to come. They've tried multiple types of technology. They've tried multiple providers. They're contacting people on a regular basis saying, hey, can you bring me service and still sometimes struggling to be able to do the higher levels of broadband connectivity, work from home, educate from home, or even entertainment from home. So uh, we're super excited. And and it was energizing is the best way to say it, because I want to say it was encouraging because we all knew that was a need, but it was energizing to say, hey, we're going to do what we can to try to address that need. Amy may have a different perspective. Amy was kind of short selling herself. She does a great job of 
uh, being the go-between between us and the federal government. So when I have things I'm concerned with, I go to Amy and then she shares the message probably a little softer than I would have, but does a great job of being that intermediary between us and the federal government. Oh, well, thank you. That That is entirely my job, right? And um, I really care about Missourians. I grew up in a rural community, so I, I really understand the needs of rural communities and care a lot about agriculture. Some of the things that I learned, um, I t- learned two important things that are at the kickoff that we had before the listening tour started from our, our director of agriculture, Chris Chin, you know, she talked about the need for televeterinary services, that this had not occurred to me. I knew about precision agriculture. I understood what's happening with, with planting crops and monitoring, but it hadn't occurred to me about televeterinary services. Um, so that was a new thing. And also the dedication that she's had um, to serve on an FCC committee and to make sure that she was joining with terrible mobile connection. Um, to show, demonstrate to the FCC, yeah, it's Chris from Missouri again, and I don't have a good connection. Um, I thought that was brilliant, and I appreciated her for that. So, you know, the the I learned that. And the other thing that I've learned from being at NTIA for just a short time um, is that um, we really are fortunate that our state has invested, um, that we have a broadband office with, BJ, is it 10 employees now? Yes, that's correct. So, so I, I have colleagues who have, you know, a quarter of a person dedicated to broadband. Um, and BJ can attest, I keep many of his staff busy with the things that we need to do to prepare for these grants. You know, I'll send an email and say, here's five attachments and, you know, can you guys look at this? Um, so we're, we're very well positioned, I think, to be successful. And that's really fortunate. And I want to just call out, you know, that if we didn't have um, Janie Dunning here in the state who worked with USDA years ago, understanding the needs, we probably wouldn't have gotten our broadband office off the ground before the coronavirus came and changed everybody's perspective on what the digital divide is. I mean, a little bit more about my background. I worked for the last 10 years at BJC Healthcare, helping older adults and other digital newcomers learn how to use the internet. So when I think about, you know, I was talking about the wrong side of the digital divide 10 years ago, and people were like, what are you talking about, Amy? Like, what do you mean no one has internet? I got my phone right here. And so when the pandemic happened, I started getting a slurry of texts. Oh, this is what you're talking about. I'm like, right. There are people that live in our state who don't know how to use a smartphone or have a smartphone, but don't know how to do everything that they need to do on it. And so that's some of the issues that we're trying to solve. If we can get internet to every home, then we can also work on the other piece of it, which is the digital equity piece and how we help people learn to use devices and the internet confidently and safely. So So I've seen some information coming out of the broadband office regarding FCC map challenging. Um, I don't completely understand what we need to be doing with that. Can you tell us about it and how listeners can help make sure their area is represented? Yeah. um, Thank you for this opportunity. It is probably the biggest thing our office is pushing right now, aside from working through getting through the ARPA grant program, is getting citizens across the state to weigh in on the FCC maps. If you've been a part of the broadband conversation much at all, you've heard about mapping not adequately showing broadband availability. Well, the FCC put out new maps, and these maps are different than the old ones, and they actually go to the address level of showing red and green dots of locations that are serviceable. Red meaning they don't have service, and green meaning that they do. And so we are really hoping um, 
all citizens and, and, and lots of Missourians that may struggle with access will go to the map and make sure that they are adequately represented on that map. Now, the reason for that selfishly for both us and that citizen is this map will determine the funding that Missouri receives. The effort is called the Connecting All Missourians effort because we're actually going to receive funding to try to do just that. And so for each dot that is not that is without service, that will impact the funding we receive. So we're encouraging all Missourians and for cities and leaders that are listening to this, go take a look at your your area, the region you're familiar with. Uh, everybody probably does this when they go look at a map. I went to my hometown and I looked at what what do I see and does that adequately represent my understanding of it? Now, I can't weigh in on every single one of those dots, but if I know people in that area that are un you know, inadequately uh, represented, then I can ask them to weigh in on the map. So what we really need is citizens across the state to weigh in. Now, I want to go back just a minute. The reason for this is every citizen has just as much say in this map as our office does. Our office is digging into these maps to see if there's a meaningful way that we can weigh in on a large scale, meaning if we see in, you know inaccuracies that seem large scale, we can weigh in on those. But Congress directed the FCC to have this be a citizen-friendly process, and that's why the citizens have just as much say in this map as we do. So we're encouraging them uh, to go to that new FCC map, check those dots, and then see how they weigh in. Our office has put together a uh, new website. It is the ded.mo.gov slash connecting all Missourians. And you can go there to find lots of resources. We have how-tos. We have a how-to video we've put together. And there will be more resources coming probably on almost a daily basis to help people navigate through that process. They can also connect straight to our office if they have any trouble. And our partners in this effort, the University of Missouri Extension Office, each one of those local offices has offered to use their extension staff to help people who may not have connectivity to come and challenge the map. I mean, it's one thing, you know, it's it's kind of funny. We're sitting here on a Zoom call talking about connectivity and asking people to go to a website to check. If you truly don't have connectivity, you actually have the opportunity. Go to your local office. They have all of the knowledge that is needed to be able to go through this process. But we need citizens that actually live in locations and work in locations. Let me be clear. It's businesses and households that can weigh in on that map and make sure that we get accurate funding. It, I, for people that may think this sounds a little overwhelming, it truly is very intuitive. You go to the map, you see the dot, you pull it up. It shows you what providers claim to serve your, your location. And then you can simply say, I don't agree with this. And it, it is pretty intuitive. Um, but we have all kinds of tools to help people work through that process. At this point, um, Missouri knows we have a lot of unserved locations, but we want to make sure that each one of those receives funding so that we can help bring service to them. It's an incredible effort. As of right now, we have until Feb uh, January 13th. I want to be honest with everybody here. We are asking for additional time to weigh in on this map, but whether or not we get it, we need to have all Missourians weigh in on this map to make sure it accurately represents their experience at home. This really is grassroots level. It truly is. Yes, yes. Because, you know, we can try to look at what do we know about the map? And we are. Um, the other thing that our office will be doing, and for local leaders, don't be surprised, we are doing some high level like um, 
comparing of what our knowledge of availability is with what we see on the map. And we may be contacting some municipal leaders or, or county leaders to say, hey, we see some some differences in the map. Could you dig into it or help us try to figure out what's leading to this problem? Um, but on the other hand, we need people that truly have an understanding of their firsthand experience to weigh in. OK, well, so we will definitely link to that Connecting All Missourians website in the show notes. And that's really cool that extension staff are available as well, because that, that brings up a great point. Yeah, if someone can't get on the Internet. You know, one question I have, if I went myself and checked my home, I, I would first have to know what speed I am actually receiving, right, in order to say, oh, I'm, I'm being underserved. Yeah. uh, You know, from what we hear when we talk to citizens, they largely have an understanding of what's available to them. And and what you will see of what's represented on the map is highest advertised speed. Um, So you could say I've called BJ's broadband service and they say, you know, this is not available here. Um, And the standard is, could that service be available within 10 days? And so, and is it affordable? Meaning, you know, it wouldn't be an exorbitant fee to then bring the service to you. And so if that's the case, um, yet your dot shows BJ's broadband service offers service to your location, then you can challenge that. Um, And that would then, you know, there's time for the provider to respond, but then that would ultimately have the opportunity to change yours from looking like it doesn't receive funding to one that we could help fund bringing service Mm -hmm. to. That's interesting. So you mentioned how you might be reaching out to some of the local governments as well. And of course, that's going to be our biggest audience here. What else or or what would you most recommend for them right now when they're seeking to expand that accessibility in their city? Yeah, two main things. Uh, One being weigh in on this map, and that's largely because of the deadline that's coming. Um, take a look at the map, see if it, if it makes sense to you, if it, if it represents what your understanding of local service availability is. And if it doesn't, please encourage people to weigh in or contact our office and see if we could do it as a bulk challenge. The other thing for people to continue to do, if you're struggling with connectivity, um, is to engage with our office uh, through this engagement process as we prepare for IIJA funding. And then also don't be afraid to reach out to providers that are in the area and have conversations about your local goals for connectivity. Um, Our office has been very much striving to support projects that local people support. Um, So we want to make sure we're working on projects like that. So it's very helpful if the provider knows, hey, this is what this area sees as their goal. And then those goals can be aligned when we see the next funding opportunity, which is probably in mid-2023. Uh, We're on track to receive first funding from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act in mid-2023. We will plan on launching as soon as we can another grant opportunity to partner with providers to bring additional service. So it's not too too early for our local leaders to be reaching out to possible providers to see who would be interested in bringing service uh, and then partnering with us to help address the funding gap of making that available. Yeah, and and I I have another uh, idea as well. Anything government officials can do to prepare for the to work collaboratively with the initiatives of the broadband office, um, particularly permitting and easements and getting staff ready for the volume of this kind of of work is going to be required to get these projects off the ground is something that BJ and I are actively thinking about and and trying to figure out but we 
we can't do it ourselves. We need help from from municipal leaders. Um, but that's going to be a huge part of getting the project started is making sure that we can actually do the builds. So that's coming. And um, along with other infrastructure projects that are funded by IIJA, um, so just something for municipal leaders to have on their radar and something they could be working for now. Um, because um, the the reason that the January 13th deadline was set by the FCC and NTIA was so that money could be disseminated in June of 2023. So if we want to meet this aggressive 2027 deadline to build everywhere, we have to know where we're building and then be able to get the funding released. So, you know, um, it is a tight deadline to get any challenges done by January 13th. If you have internet and you want to play around on the maps over the holidays, it could be a good thing to do while you're while you're home. Um, but the, the deadline could get pushed. But in case it doesn't, anybody who you know knows somebody in their family who has in, not enough broadband, you know, who could help that person do the challenge. Because again, you know, saying go on the internet and do this thing when you don't have adequate internet is something that we understand that people struggle with. Um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity right now, even though the timing at this time of the year isn't perfect. So really at your holiday party, you should be bringing this <laughs> up and letting people know that they can all get on the map. No, that's good. And yeah. I, I see what you're saying about it being, of course, a tight timeline, but we also want to keep this project, all of these projects moving forward. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, absolutely. Besides the Connecting All Missourian site, which we will, of course, link to, is there anywhere else that um, you both would recommend that listeners go if they want to learn more just about how Missouri is addressing all of these issues? Yeah, the the largest amount of information is available at our ded.mo.gov website. There's several different banners that will rotate. The link that I've shared is the Connecting All Missourians. That's the effort that's upcoming. Um, and then there's also a link straight there, straight to the FCC mapping. Um, we, our office will be over the next two weeks, really doing a lot of widespread promotion of this opportunity. Um, and what we really would ask people to do is help amplify that. Like you said, through your Christmas party, your, um, whether it be, if you have, if you have a billing cycles, you'd be interested in putting flyers for, we can help put those tools together, but we really want to make sure that everybody that would like to weigh in, takes this opportunity to weigh in as they prepare for it. Other places you can go, obviously, the NTIA shares a lot of information about the opportunities available. I don't have that link right at the tip of my tongue, but I'm sure Amy does. But that's what we have as far as yeah. tools. Um, I would say that NTIA's um, website is internetforall.gov. And so a person can just understand what NTIA is doing. There's t if you're if you're technically inclined and you want to learn more about what we're doing, there's tons of recorded webinars and all kinds of things. You can go down all kinds of rabbit holes. But if you want to stay Missouri centric, um, the broadband office's website is a wealth of information. You can subscribe to their um their emails and get emails. And I think the other thing that we kind of glossed over was that the listening tour did have 23 in-person meetings, but we're continuing those meetings virtually. So every week um, or every other week, the regional planning commissions have calls. So if you haven't heard of this initiative, but you want to know what's happening in your region, reach out to me, to BJ, to the broadband office, and we'll get you connected to those meetings that we're having because we have an ongoing conversation. And then in March, we'll be back out in the state for a second meeting. We want to make sure that we're getting really connecting all Missourians and talking to, to all 
Missourians about this issue. So there's lots of ways you can you can connect. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter, I post almost everything that the broadband office does so that it's a, a way for people to get information who might not have it. I don't have massive followings, but it's a way for you to connect with someone in Missouri who posts that on social media and a way to get that out on social channels as well. No, that's great. I will link to all of that for sure. So, I mean, this has been great. This is good information down to every individual that can go and, you know, do their part and help increase speed for our communities. Thank you both so much today for being a part of this. And we will get this out as quickly as we can and work to help, you know, get that information out to cities. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. Take care. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And listeners, be watching for future Missouri City View podcasts. To learn more about the Missouri Municipal League, visit mocities.com.